From the traditional and unceded territory of the Clay Claytonet First Nation and the heart of Northern BC, welcome to the CNC Podcast. 50 years, 100,000 alumni. At CNC, we're learning together, changing lives and creating futures. Welcome to the CNC Podcast. I'm Mark Cargillotto. The college was thrilled recently to host a program known as the Glace Wayhood, which was a business startup for Indigenous youth. It brought together young people from across the region that CNC serves to talk about entrepreneurship, skills that they would be able to use in starting up new businesses. And we had some absolutely terrific proposals that came out of the course. Jasmine Eddy lives in Indaco, that's just in between Fraser Lake and Burns Lake, so on the western end of the region that CNC serves. And she has a terrific idea that she's trying to put into action and using her skills from LaGlace Wayhood to make that happen. And Jasmine joins us today on the CNC podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Well, if you can tell me a little bit about yourself, how did you come to live in Indaco? Well, um, I was actually born in Vanderhoof, and um, I was raised all over BC, from the Lower Mainland to everywhere, mostly the Lower Mainland. And then five years ago, I had an opportunity to have a job and then housing as well. And it was kind of close by to my sister who lives in Fraser Lake and my grandfather who lives in Fort Fraser. So I thought, why not take this opportunity and live in Indaco? And then it just kind of stuck. <laughs> just, what do you like about the community? I like that it's rural. It's a it's out of the city, but it also has that community feeling. Like, you know your neighbors, you can go and talk to your neighbors. It still has a community feeling, but it's far away from the city, so you don't have that hustle and bustle kind of thing. Now, it's kind of, one could not necessarily miss in Daco, but it's a quick drive through. How many people live it's there? Roughly, it's in like in the tight community, maybe 30 people, maybe. But then there's the surrounding communities, which are the bigger plots and stuff, so maybe 100 out of the area. It's a small community. Yeah, fair enough. But so given that it's a small community, what would you say that the business climate is like there? It's very lacking. It's very lacking. And uh, we used to have a pub, um, but that shut down and new ownership and fight over liquor license and all that. So doubt we're getting our pub back. So we need something out there. What other businesses are there then available in Indaco right now? In Indaco, there is a auto body shop that works sometimes on some things, but other than that, that's all we have out there. There's not much. And then if someone needs to go and get, you know, milk you, or a you couple go of groceries, town. either yeah. Burns Lake or Fraser Lake, whichever. And one how you want to drive how far in either direction then? Um, Burns Lake is forty nine point nine kilometers, and then Fraser Lake is from fifteen kilometers. Yeah. So it's still, it adds up, I would assume, oh, yeah. especially in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what ultimately inspired you to get the, uh, well, actually, why don't we step back? What is your idea then in terms of starting a business in Indaco? I want to start a little mini mart, like a corner store idea, a place where local community can go in and just get those essential needs, as well as catering to the highway traffic for the campers, the log truck drivers, and yeah, I mean, tri- travel tours. Okay. Now, was that your experience to get the mini mart or did you talk with people or how did that come about? It was kind of an idea of we don't really have anything and I've worked in the grocery store industry before and it's something I know and know how to deal with. So it was it was kind of just a, a little inkling of an idea and then I came across the CNC uh, 
program. And I actually thought I was signing in late because it said in the brochure I had that it was starting on June, uh, January 4th instead of January 12th or 17th, whatever it turned out to be. So I was calling a few days late and I was like, well, let's just see what happens. And they just happened to have one seat open and I went in the next day and just, yeah, it's all history now. Talk about timing. It was amazing timing. So it was like the end of the day on a Wednesday. And I was like, you know, maybe. And yeah, I just gave it a shot and it looked out. What did you learn in the program? What What did you expect? And then how did your, uh, what did your outcome uh, become? So it, when I started the program, it was just kind of like an idea. It was just something on the back burner of a business idea. But as the program became more, I got more enthusiastic and realizing how it's more of a plausible idea with each thing they taught us. It was giving more of a stepping stone. So it helped ground the idea and make it more of a realistic um, opportunity kind of thing. And Can you tell me more about that then? What, uh, how did it start to become more realistic for you? Was there, for example, like a light bulb moment that you said, oh yeah, this is going to work? Well, it was, it was the um, encouragement of the group, the girls that were in my class. They're very good support. They're super caring and very supportive and encouraging. So it was, it was nice to have that little bit of back support. And every time I mentioned the idea, it was just, everybody would light up about the idea. And I was like, you know what, not just me that would be into this idea. It's an actual need. So it became more of a need and a necessity for the community. And as it gets bigger and I realized that the idea more or less came from the community and how I want to re revive Indaco and bring it back to its original roots and the history of it. What do you see as uh, the biggest challenge to doing what you want to do with the Mini Mart then? And, um, uh, and then let's talk a little bit more too about your plans for the Mini Mart as well. Yeah. So right now I'm actually getting the lease signed over so I can start working on the property. And then once I have the property in hand and everything's finalized that way, I'm going to start working on getting the business set up and everything. But the biggest project will be clearing out the building and refurbishing it and getting it to code standards before it can even be opened because it's been an abandoned building for 10 years now. So it'll need some tender loving care to get it up. Yeah, understandably. Is that right along the highway on Long yeah. Highway 16? Yeah, it's right along the highway. The building I'm looking into is the building right next to the pub. It used to be the old general store as well as the old taxidermy building. So, Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's got some history in the community then? Yes, it does. Yeah. Definitely. As an entrepreneur or even with your classmates in Laclais Swayhood, what do you think are the challenges, just even in general, that young entrepreneurs or even young entrepreneurs uh, uh, of an Indigenous background have in starting business? I think it's um, a lot to do with the financing as well as the support. If a lot of people don't have that support backing them, they won't feel like they even have a strong footing. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I have the support of the ladies in my group and family as well that are helping me have more of a solid footing. So even if my idea doesn't seem the greatest, they're right there to help me and try to encourage it to get to a more finalized point. And you're not standing still when it comes to education. I understand that you re-enrolled then in the college. Can you tell me more? Yes. So I took a trades, um, trades discovery program. So it helps with carpentry, plumbing, electrical, and then ProCook, which I'm going to use for the revitalizing of the building. And then I've also taken another accounting course and a A to Z grant writing course for the Indaco Hall Society that I'm part of. Oh, wow. That's terrific then. 
So not only is it going to be a general store in that you're going to be basically a a a, a, a Jill of all trades, I would I would suspect. Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh, that's great. Uh, what do you see as uh, you have the plan in terms of acquiring the building? You're working on the financing and and those sorts of things. Uh, what has you excited about doing this and uh, uh, in, in terms of going through all the trials and tribulations of starting a business? It's the whole being able to start something and saying you did that, you created that, that I'm, I'm so thrilled about. And every time I talk to somebody about it, they just light up and it's like they can, everybody that I talk about the Mini Mart to, they like, oh yeah, that's an, actually a great idea. It's totally plausible. So it's, it's that little bit of encouragement that you get from even friends or neighbors or stuff like that, that really help encourage the idea because it becomes more of a local need than a personal need. It's not just, oh, well, I have this idea. Well, it's more for the community kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely a, a step forward for that. So what's the mini mark going to offer? It sounds like you have, have some big plans and big ambitions. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to, um, uh, cater to the local needs. So different basic products from house cleaning to the milk, dairy, just so that they don't have to go all the way down to the city. Um, but there's also, I wanted to cater to um, diabetics and other restrictions for sweets and stuff. Cause I want to be able to have like an ice cream bar and be able to cater to everybody, even if they have diabetes or glucose issues or something, just so that they can also come to a store and be like, oh, I want a treat too, and be able to find something without having to go all the way to Prince George to find something. Yeah, and then I also have an idea for cooking food and then having a thermos meal program for the truck drivers so they can get a thermos of coffee and two sandwiches and four, two to four snacks. So that way they can pick it up whatever time, if that be two, three in the morning, and then be able to go for work, not have to worry about making their sandwiches or anything. It'll be all made up for them. Another if you idea. knew someone else who was in your shoes starting to go through this path and this journey, uh, is there any advice that you would offer them along the way, do you think? Um, I say keep talking to the people around you and getting advice for what uh, the needs are that you need, as well as making sure that you have that uh, support, that group that is backing you, that's helping you feel that you have everything in order. Because yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have gotten as far as I have without the group that I have backing me. And that really helps encourage me for sure, especially with the school and how encouraging they are with helping with everything. Well, that's terrific. Uh, I wish you every success in the Indaco Mini Mart. Hopefully be able to, uh, uh, heading west of Prince George, stop in one day and be able to pick up that sandwich and coffee and that. But Absolutely. thank you very much for joining us on the CNC podcast and have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. For more about CNC's programs, visit our website, cnc.bc.ca. Thank you to Taryn Johnson and Dustin Ruth for producing the CNC podcast. We welcome your comments and ideas for episodes. Please contact us at communications at cnc.bc.ca. Thanks for listening to the CNC podcast and have a great day.